Welcome to Board Game Box Office, a Table Knots podcast about board games, movies, and all the space in between. Look out, universe. The Table Knots crew are blasting off into the far-flung dimensions of our solar system. We'll have a perilous journey that'll take years upon years to complete, and Mission Control has only allotted each of us room for three board games and three movies. What's an entertainment-starved spaceman to do? But before we get into that, let's talk about the games we've been playing and the movies we've been watching here on good old Earth. Kyle, what have you been up to? So I've been playing a game with <laughs> Kenny, mainly, uh, but we've all played it, and we've all played it together, and it is an Earthbound game called Ark Nova. You're building a zoo, okay? And you're building a zoo by doing five, there are five different actions that you can do, and based on where the action card is in your, uh, in, on your little board, determines the power. So the longer you wait to do an action, the better it becomes in the future. Um, so you can like build uh, like a, a cage for your zoo, or you can play animals into your zoo, or you can play sponsors into your zoo. Um, really, it's just a tableau building game. Very, very similar to Terraforming Mars in that aspect, in that like you're just playing cards out in front of you. The cards are either going to be like one-time benefits, or they're going to be ongoing benefits. Um, some of them require tags, like just like Terraforming Mars, before you can play them. They all cost money, but sometimes they're cheaper. If you have like a, if you're like friends with a continent, um, you get three dollars off. Um, it's a game I I've really liked. I actually called Terraforming Mars because like my friend really wanted Terraforming Mars, what? and like, I, and I had Ark Nova. I was like, well, my my buddy has it, so it's like, yeah, I'll give you Terraforming Mars. I still have Ark Nova. They're similar enough to me. Um, now I'm really struggling which one I like more. Um, I think Terraforming Mars is still the better game. Uh, I think my problem with Ark Nova currently, I, there's not a problem. Ark Nova is still a great game. I still love playing it. And I've had a blast playing with Kenny. We're flying through games. Um, I don't know if you feel the same, Kenny, like we are just like mowing through. I can tell when we're on the online at the same time. Cause like, even before <laughs> yeah. I close out on my phone, it's like getting back to my turn, uh, which is great. And I'd, uh, love to play some Ark Nova someday. <laughs> love, to be a, love to be a part of those games. We didn't want you to slow us down. Um, <laughs> oh, 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 okay. No, like I, I, we joke about me and Kenny. Me and Kenny have played two games of Ark Nova in two days. Like it, every other game takes us six weeks to play, but me and Kenny are crushing some Ark Nova. Um, so it's not really like I'm not really having a problem. I'm still having a blast. And when Kenny said he wanted to play another game, I was like, I was like, all right, I'm down. Uh, I think I'm falling into a bit of a rut and strategy wise though, and that I do the same thing almost every game. I immediately get a five card hand. I upgrade the same cards in the same order every time. And what cards? Uh I I like to go build. I like to upgrade build first. Uh then I like to upgrade the associate action so I can start getting the green cards. And then I like to associate animals after that. Man, it's so interesting. See, okay, so here's the thing. I maybe also feel like when I play Ark Nova, I fall into a similar pattern of what to do. Now it, it is dependent on what I have in my hand. If I have like a really good uh, animal two card that requires me to upgrade my animal card before I can play it, then I'll push for upgrading that first. But we may do the same things at each game, but you and I do wildly different things. <laughs> like, And I find that very interesting. I almost never upgrade build two. I almost never upgrade build. My first upgrade is association. My second upgrade is usually cards. And my third upgrade is whatever I, I, I feel fits the, the biggest need at the time. But association and cards are the two that I push hardest. 
I'm I'm a real wild card because I'm not good at the game, so I just kind of do I just follow my heart every time and just do whatever <laughs> I want. So, <laughs> so I, I think that's the real way to play. Honestly, I would like to play it with us three though. When yeah, you know, sort of when y'all game. are done playing two player with yourselves, because um, I genuinely like Ark Nova is a game that I don't I don't think that I'm like very I, I don't know I don't think that I could like go to the World Series of board games and win the Ark Nova tournament. But in my plays on Board Game Arena, I think I'm like nine out of 12 or something wins like i i've only lost to kyle one time i think like everything else has been like i just i don't know i seem to have a, a, a somewhat of a knack for it but that could just be my limited experience is all i'm saying i'm not i'm not patting my own back i just want to play more to like see what's up i i think i'm good not great at it but it's like i i'm almost like reached my limitations like the past four games i've scored i score like 112 or 113 every game um, and that's with the new art, the new scoring from BGA uh, previously, like the, the old scoring was pretty punishing. Like I've scored negative four before in the old scoring. Um, but the new scoring with like, it's a, it's like around 112, 113. And then like one game I, I broke over 120 and I'm like, Ooh, I don't think I'm ever beating that. And the game is so multiplayer solitaire, which is why I love it on BGA because like, I don't have to really care what Kenny is doing. Um, which is great for big games like that because it's really hard to pay attention sometimes. Uh, that's like okay if I if I reached one tw- over one twenty before, like how much better can I actually do? And I just don't know how if I'm creative enough or if the game even allows enough creativity to like go outside your your standard strategy. I think you should just adopt a bad strategy, Kyle, and let me win, and it'll be fine, and you'll find some new enjoyment out of the game. You know. Oh, maybe, I mean, I'm still, enjo- I'm still enjoying it. I just don't, I, I think I may have reached my personal depths of how my understanding of the game. Well, you're probably playing like a, a, an efficiency nerd, but there might be something out there that could let you do some wild strategies that could be, I don't know. I, I, yeah, the, the deck stri- is huge. Yeah, the, the game strikes me as like, you can do a lot, but I think like, you know, when you're playing these type of games, you're just trying going down the path of efficiency constantly. And maybe that's what you're supposed to do, but... I, I I would be curious if like there's alternate ways to play the game that might reward going down the most you know obvious path at each time. Because so I've really enjoyed Dark Nova lately. Um, playing because we have been speeding through the games really quick. We, we can tell when Kyle and I are going through our uh, slumps at work and we don't want to work. We start to play Dark Nova. <laughs> um, yeah, weekends we hit a lull. <laughs> <for sure. laughs> two two o'clock every day. Like oh my god, why am I still here? Um, but uh, I I've been enjoying it quite a bit, and I just like the because there's a really strong plan ahead feeling to Ark Nova, kind of like you did also in Terraforming Mars. The thing I'm getting hung up on with Ark Nova is just that the card draw just feels punishing. Like, like you really do need the cards in your hand to enact the strategy. And like, especially if you're trying to go for like a the strategy of like just putting out like specific type of animals and you're just not getting them. It can just be like, uh, you feel like you're doing nothing on a turn, but drawing cards and not getting the cards you want. While like in something like in Terraforming Mars, you're constantly getting cards every turn, but you can potentially, you know, I always feel like in Terraforming Mars, I can do something that's going to benefit me. Ark Nova, I just can hit these slumps where I'm just like, I'm getting cards and it's not doing anything. And I mean, again, I I could be just not playing good. I've, I've lost two games against Kyle. Um, so what, what does that say about me? But that's kind of right where I am right now. I think it's, it's my, my opinion of the game has risen quite a bit playing it on BGA um, as of late. I think because it was like the hotness and just everyone was talking about it, it made me automatically look down on it a little bit um but yeah it's i mean it's obviously a really really good game 
See, I play it. I play it pretty tactfully. Um, where it's just like whatever cards I get, like I'm going to play. And yeah. if I'm ever over five cards, I I look for cards that like okay. If I have to discard some, that's fine because like I wasn't like searching these out. I'm never at like a hand limit. I'm never at like eight or nine cards and like oh my god, I want to keep all of these. Um, it's more of just like okay, I have these three animals in my hand. One of them's a build one. One of them's a build two. And one of them requires a five level like enclosure that level five enclosure like it's going to take me some time to get there but those level ones and twos i can probably knock out now so what do i need to do to knock those out like oh i need europe okay i can go get europe right now uh or mm-hmm. like uh okay this one's a lizard am i reaching for any lizard goals no okay so that one i can probably discard um yep. so I, I just really kind of like that's why i never upgrade cards max you said you upgrade cards so like so you can like pull from the row without snapping well, you um, also have to have cards upgraded to move farther on one of the tracks. I forget what the name of the track is. The knowledge is. track. Yeah, and I push that track pretty quickly when okay. I play, so I try and upgrade cards early enough just so I don't waste knowledge um, when I get it, when I can't go any farther. So I, I gotcha. I'm with you, though. That's how I play the game as well. I, I will basically try and be as tactical as I can as far as like just going with what I, 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 I can see an opportunity for, basically. Um, and if I don't see an opportunity, obviously I look for card draw or try and push just anything else that I think is beneficial to me. But yeah, I think I can tell why I'm not winning is because I'm I'm usually always just trying to get the biggest animal, preferably yeah. a cat animal. Oh yeah, I never throwing do worry about that at yeah. all. <laughs> only or only four or five animals allowed. Just the big boys. <laughs> See, that, they're and so the expensive. <laughs> Kenny's, Kenny's the one trying to place down four and five animals while his end game goal is small animals. Yeah. <laughs> He's just See, like, I, I love, care. I love getting the small animal stuff. I'm like, sweet. So it's cheaper to build, cheaper to play, and I'm reaching my goal. Mm-hmm. That's like, I yep, love I the agree. small animal strategy. I'm just trying to make a sick ass park, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kenny's like, F points. I'm just trying to just, elephants, elephants and whatever else is big, gorillas. That's all my park is. All right. Well, that's Ark Nova. I think it's a great game. Yep, I very much enjoy that one, for sure. What have you been playing, Kenny? Uh, so the other day, we got in a game of Far Shore. Um, this is by Starling Games, um, and this is basically, well, let's, let's call it what it is. It's like basically Everdell 2.0, mm-hmm. um, with a newer, newer, new and nice components. I wouldn't say better than Everdell, but um, new and nice art. Also wouldn't say it's better than Everdell. Um, and, and it's it is a you know worker placement um, tableau game where you're basically on a turn putting out a worker to get resources, playing a card with those resources, um, and that that's basically the game. You're trying to get maximized points, find combos, and Far Shore is just base very much like Everdell. I just played Everdell like maybe four or five days ago, so it became really really apparent to me just how much similar DNA they they share, even down to the cards themselves. Like some of the cards are I, not verbatim probably, but just like the structure of the cars and what, how they serve a purpose in the game are super, super similar. That said, Far Short is adding a lot of like elements, uh, different elements that I think are really nice and kind of streamlined the game a bit. Um, one thing that I think we all talked about, Max, is that like in the original Everdell, you could play a, a construction house and then you could basically combo that and play a critter um, if it was like a matching critter, um, mm-hmm. which was cool but also very fiddly because you constantly had to look on the board like okay is this the correct do i have the correct critter in hand to play this um to match up with this house right and far they kind of change it though basically three times per game you can do that you just have to have like matching colors which makes it a bit easier but uh it's just 
different. It just, it's maybe a little less satisfying, perhaps. Yeah, 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 yeah. It streamlined, streamlined it for sure, which I think is a good ad. But I think, like you said, it's, it's less satisfying when you do it because it's just like it's not hard to do that necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, but they do add like a couple of other elements too. Like I, they have a new track around the board that basically just like um, if you basically meet these requirements, that kind of change every season. You'll get points, which I think is which I really really like. It adds a nice like board presence too, because you have these little yep. plastic ships that go around the board. It's just like this very like visual um, feeling of like how far you've progressed in your journeys, which seems silly, but it's a nice feeling. Um, and there's like a couple other things that I think are also cool ads, um, but it's still basically Everdell. What do you what did you think of it, Max? Yeah, I mean, I basically agree with everything you just said. Um... We talked about after we finished the gameplay, like, is there any real need to keep this? As mm. Doolin has Everdell plus some expansions, you have the complete edition of Everdell. And ultimately, the conclusion was probably not. I may try and play it with Danielle, and if Danielle loves it, then maybe we'll hold on to it because we don't have Everdell myself. But if I am comparing the two directly, if you are a fan of Everdell, it is almost assuredly, it is almost certain that you do not need to purchase Farshore. If you are someone who likes Everdell but doesn't own it, maybe so. I personally think that I did enjoy Farshore a little more than Everdell. And ultimately, I think it comes down to Everdell is a little more fiddly and a little more to track. And other than that, they're kind of the same game. There's, like you said, you mentioned all the differences, and I agree with those differences, and I like those differences. But if you're someone who wants to play uh, a very, like, combo-centric, more mathing out kind of game, Everdell is probably the one. If you're someone like me who plays Everdell and even Far Shore, and forgets that I could have done this, and oh, I could have got that card for free, and oh, I could have done this, and oh, this should have done that, then Farshore removes a little bit of that that made it, to me, just a, a bit of a more streamlined and uh, chill experience without removing all the satisfaction. Like, definitely, it's a little bit less combo-heavy. There's a little bit less going on. Uh, but for me, I kind of liked that. This is not to say that I loved it. I'm not even a big Everdell fan. Uh, but like, if I had to pick between the two, I think I'd go far shore because it's a little bit simpler. I like the track with the ships, and personally, I like the like water beachy creatures more than I do just the, the woodland creatures. But like, that's it. it. There's really, I can't really say you should go out and get far shore because there's Everdell. <laughs> yeah, and I would I would actually say like if you have not bought any um, Everdell yet. Like get, I would get Farshore, and you're interested in getting like one of those games. Get Farshore, because so, like inevitably they're gonna release like a bunch of expansions for it that'll improve the game, expand it out. They'll probably be, my guess, they'll probably be pretty similar to expansions we've seen released for Everdell so far. My one thought about that is that you can get Farshore for what, like seventy bucks, something like that. But you could get like an Everdell and a good expansion that already exists. For the same price if you buy a second hand. And you really only need one Everdell expansion and that's Spirecrest. Yeah, I don't know that. I'm just trusting in you, Kyle. Yeah, I trust you too. But yeah, so I don't know. Like, I think I do prefer Farshore, but cost efficiency wise, I think Everdell's probably the easier, cheaper one to get into because it's been out for longer and you can get it second hand. 
Um, so pre-podcast, Max, I had mentioned that I wanted to, I had some questions about Farshore, right? Yeah. And you, you guys have cleared up a lot about what what I had. And then the reason I didn't text you guys this when you guys brought up that you played it is because my comments were going to come across like condescending or rude, and I didn't want to do that because that's not what that's not the way I meant was going to meant it. So. That's usually how you talk to us, though, so I'm, I, I'm I confused. Yeah, we're used to that. It's a problem. Um, <laughs> the, <laughs> that's, a, that's a personality flaw. I, I get that. Um, no, so, like, Max, one thing that, like, kind of, like, just, like, kind of perked my ears up is that you said uh, Far Shore is a, is a tighter game. Yes, and I should have mentioned that, yes. As somebody who, you said, you, you mentioned yourself, you d- did not like Everdell. I personally love Everdell. It is teetering top 10, if not top 10 for sure. I love Everdell. I'm surprised to hear you say that because I think Everdell is incredibly tight. Incredibly tight. Like, I think it's very, I think it's, you to get the 15 card tableau, like you have to manage that so perfectly because you're either going to cut, if you don't, you're either going to come woefully short or you're going to mismanage and you're going to have your 15 cards put out in front of you way before you want to. I think that, so let me, I think that that still applies. That same element applies. For example, Jash ran out of room and had to use one of the things that allows you to discard a card. Doolin actually ran out of room uh, at the very end of the game. I was able to get my 15 right at the end, right when I wanted to. But before I say this, let me clarify. I've played Farshore one time and Everdell like two, maybe three times. So I am not an expert at this. But for me, I felt like my past plays in Everdell, I was always able to do something on my turns that benefited me. And it's hard to explain this. In Far Shore, the board seemed tighter as far as the spaces that were available. And I liked that element because it forced me to maybe make decisions that were less than optimal as in playing a couple wild resource tokens that I'd built up that are also worth victory points at the end of the game to play a card from my hand so I didn't have to play my meeple down so I waited for someone to call back their meeples and a spot opened up for me to place my meeples and maybe that's in Everdell too but it never came I, across I think for it me. Is. I really think it is. Yeah. I really okay. think it is. Yeah. To me agree. that's what I enjoyed about it that I didn't get from Everdell. But again, I've only played Everdell two or three times, and I think that all my plays have been at two or three. So I've never even had a four-player experience of Everdell. So specifically, I mentioned earlier that Everdell with Spirecrest, I think, is the game people should get. And like as I go into this, like I'm not necessarily I'm not necessarily like anti-Farshore, and that like I don't necessarily think it needed to exist, but it does. And if people want to get into the game, like it does seem like. Far Shore base game is better than Everdell base game. I'm willing to accept that. But Everdell plus Spirecrest, because you have seasons, uh, every season has a different event. Like in fall, like the cards from the meadow may cost you one extra resource. So like it may for you may want to like pass sooner so you can get out of this so you can start playing meadow cards. Or maybe you don't you see what winter has to offer and you're like, I cannot get to winter because that event sucks. I'm going to try to stay in autumn as long as possible so I can have my winter be worse. And so, like, that's what the Spirecrest expansion kind of brings to the table. Like, one of the many things, actually. Um, And that's what, like, 
I think the thing you're looking for, Max, is kind of in that expansion, which I know I understand you haven't played. Um, I but that that's just my feelings on it. Uh, I think you're right in that, like, if you're buying Everdell or Farshore, get Farshore. But like, if you're looking for the best game, and this is somebody who hasn't played Farshore, like Everdell plus Firecrest is probably the way to go. Um, especially on the secondhand market, I guarantee you could probably get those games for. 50 60 bucks combined yeah no i agree with that i think everdell plus an expansion is the way to go in my opinion uh and i say that as someone who enjoyed my time with Farshore, but i still just you know I, I liked it quite a bit i didn't love it though but it was good here's the main thing Farshore has that everdell doesn't and that's two squishy resources instead of just one ah see got yeah, squishy that's kelp, how they get you squishy mushrooms well what else do you need yeah uh also there's an axolotl and like that's enough for me uh, Kenny, um, you've played Everdell, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have you played the expansions? I've not played expansions. Every time I've played, it's always been the base game. So I've played with Pearlbrook. Ah, uh, wow. yeah, that's fine. Yeah, it was fine. Every other Everdell <laughs> expansion is fine. Like you can yeah. add it in and be okay with it. I like te- we go. Let's go back to Terraforming Mars real quick. Where Terraforming Mars' expansions are like actively bad. Everdell's expansions are fine, except for Spirecrest, which is great. Uh, but yeah, I would. Do you have the complete collection, Kenny? I did because it was, you know, too good a video at the time. You, so I said, let's you do did it. or you yeah. do? I do have it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I just played it the other day too. So, but just base game. Just base game. Yeah. All right. Now the game that I've been playing, Kenny, you also had the opportunity to play. We've only played this one time. Uh, this is Robot Quest Arena by Wise Wizard Games, which is basically a a fairly simplistic deck builder about beating up, pushing, knocking down other robots until you earn enough victory points, until the game ends and the person with the most victory points wins. The game ends when eight robots in total have been knocked out. Uh, Every time a robot respawns, they're given their health cubes and a blue cube. When their health runs out, the blue cube gets passed out to whoever destroyed them. And when they're eight passed out in total, the game ends after that round. This is a game where each robot has a slightly, well, not slightly, but a pretty pretty asymmetric, unique ability. Um, and then you are also, at the same time, building up your deck by using energy to purchase cards from the market. Um, I really, really enjoyed this, but it is quite a simple game. And I'm really interested to play with the expansions, which Doolin promised to kind of up the the difficulty a little bit, the strategy a bit. So I'm hoping that that is the case. Even still, though, I thought it was really fun. Like, I liked it a lot more than I even anticipated liking it. I do think it's one of those games where, like, the production actively helps, like, the chonky minis and the the fun, colorful aesthetic of it all works in its favor. And without it, it may be a slightly lesser game. But regardless, I had fun just playing my deck and moving around and trying to decide how I want to navigate each turn. It's one of those games, just like really any deck builder, that you can get a dud hand and you're like, well, I'm kind of unable to do anything uh, efficient here. Instead, I'm just going to buy things and move two spaces and, you know, stuff happens. But at the same time, it also leads to some really huge turns where you're able to just straight up like kill somebody in one turn because you got three of your attacks in a single turn. Or for me, I had a card that allowed me to move diagonally and also push diagonally, which was hugely beneficial and allowed me to navigate the map a lot quicker than some other robots were. Um, yeah, I really like this game. It reminded me a bit of Arcadia Quest in terms of like the skirmish portion of the game. It's just very light, 
fast, kind of like chaotic and frenetic, right? Um, there's some strategy, but just also you never know what's going to happen on a turn. Um, but I, I'll, the deck building aspect is a really nice add. It has like a production's really great. It has like a really nice QT toy factor. Doolin rated all of the uh, um, robots um, based on cuteness. And he, he did a really He's bad wrong, job. Though. Yeah, he he created like the black one, which looks like a vacuum cleaner. Number one, I'm like, what's what's going? What are you doing, bud? But um, it, that's that's surprisingly good. I I can see it's breaking that game out. Um, it almost has like a filler. It goes a bit longer than a filler, but I think it does fill a nice spot of just like an hour, forty five minutes to play ten hour game. Yeah, agreed. This is such a dueling game. Oh yep. yes, it is. Yep. It is a very much a dueling game. It's cute. It's deck building. Quick. It's quick. It's skirmishy. It's colorful. Yeah, it's this easy. Is... It's light. My four year old could play it. Probably beat <laughs> Doolin. Is there like a <laughs> is there a chapter book in there for Doolin to read? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good. Mm-hmm. And there's also one of those things like you know the buckets where you put in the little pieces like the triangles and the circles. There's one of those, but there's cutouts for all the the miniature robots. Uh, so he Wait, gets are to, you like, joking? Put them. Yes, I'm joking. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like, I, like <laughs> I just sit to the side and I say, "In the square hole, <laughs> you're not that one, Dolan. It doesn't look like that. In the square hole. <laughs> yeah, but that's Robot Quest Arena by Wise Wizard Games. Uh, definitely looking forward to pulling it out again. Pretty fun, easy, quick game. I enjoyed it. 10 out of 10. No, I don't know about that, but I like it. Seems like a 6 out of 10 to me. Uh, at least a 7 for me. I, I liked it a lot. I, I might lot. like it. I'm kidding. I'm joking. It's too colorful for you. Yeah, true. Is, is, it, is it weird that we bait, rate movies on scale of 1 to 10, but we rate, we rate games on scale of 1 to 10, but we rate movies on scale of 1 to 5? Well, it's that's just because of Letterboxd. Yeah, it's, yeah. The, it's the apps we use. Board Game Geek allows us to do 1 to 10. Letterboxd only allows us to do 1 to 5. I, I prefer the one to five system personally. Really so that, uh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. I'm of I two minds. Most people prefer the one to ten. I prefer the one, one to five for movies and one to ten for games. I feel I feel with one to ten people fall into the trap of like never rating anything below five. You know. Uh, I agree with you, Kenny, a hundred forty-five thousand percent. But you literally just disagreed with him. I don't care. I'm back to agreeing with him. <laughs> <laughs> Kenny is right. People are too afraid to rate a game of four and think like that's just like although Kenny, you're not it's on board Letterbo- game geeks fault. You're not on Letterbox enough either. Actually, board game geeks rating system is really good. Just people don't adhere to it. Um, like their definitions for their numbers is like is excellent in my opinion. It's just people don't adhere to it. They just say yeah, like everything's that- a seven, eight, nine, or ten. Yeah, and I think like they've they've done good best practices to make sure like like stuff gets weighted appropriately in terms of like setting out like starting weight for new games and stuff like that. But still, it's just, it's all shit. It can all become a shit show at some point. So I like rating things, but rating things is hard. Yo, I, I, I love rating things. I just wish people would understand that. Like when I rate something a three, that doesn't mean I hate it. <laughs> but literally just, the three on BGG says bad. I mean, on, I mean for a movie, a movie three out of five. Oh, okay. Yeah. Six is okay. If I rate something a three on BGG, yeah, it's bad. <laughs> it's yeah, bad. I have, I, I haven't rated that many things that low, but I also just don't rate things on BGG that much. I gave Agricola a four. <laughs> oh my god, do you really believe that? Uh, I think I think the low rating comes from the fact that I would never choose Agricola over Caverna. 
That agreed. Ever. I also would not. Ever. Uh, Kenny, do you play Caverna? Uh, no. I would. I would play though. I played it one time, and I just didn't know what was going on. So. Oh man, I can I teach you Caverna so we can play on BGA? One. Yeah, let's sure. do Caverna on BGA. Sure. Okay. I gave Shogun Big Box a five. I don't know what that is. Shogun? Is that a Blu-ray? Never play. Oh my god! All right, <laughs> what movies have you been watching, Kyle? Um, you guys tell me if this is a is a Kyle movie. It's a 1931 German film. You talking about M? I'm talking about M. Nice. I like how in your review of M, you were literally just like, "I'm trying to out whatever Max." I was trying to out snob Max by watching yeah. M. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, M is really good. I loved it. Um, yeah, it's 1931. It is German, so it's all subtitled. Um, subs, not dubs. Right, Max? Yeah, uh, subs, not dubs, it baby. Is, uh, the plot of the movie is about a serial killer who keeps taking children and murdering them. And as you would expect in 1931, they don't know how to find the criminal. Um, mm. And it pretty much comes down to the fact that the police can't find him or find any clues. And so people just stop like going out on the town and like leaving the kids. And so like the mafia and the crime, the crime syndicate starts to get annoyed because it's like affecting their business as well. So they take it into their own hands to start finding. So they're like helping the police find this guy because he's just no good for anybody. Um, And it's just, I don't know. It's, it's just really smart, uh, really smooth movie. I think the acting in it is fantastic. Um, I think the premise is great. I think it holds up incredibly well for being almost a 100-year-old movie. Uh, the one, th- like, I was reading about it a little bit, and the director uh, said he made the movie to warn mothers about neglecting their children, and that hmm. felt kind of weird. <laughs> because, like, yeah, like... Yeah, obviously, don't let your kids get kidnapped and murdered. Yeah, that's a great message for all mothers and fathers out there. Um, but yeah, I I, th- I think people, like uh, people, I think directors are still utilizing kind of like what M has done in terms of like use, utilizing serial killers and just like the menace they have on society and just the the thrill and the scare of them. And just like... In 1931, I feel like it would have been impossible to catch any criminal. Like, you could have got away with anything. Right. And then they, like, because, like, the town kind of, like, starts to work together, even, like, the uh, criminals and the police and, like, uh, the mob just, like, they they work together. They're able to catch him. And it's kind of, like, the trial is just, like, a weight on their, a weight off the the whole town's shoulders. And what's also really interesting about this is this is, like, pre-World War II. So thinking about like Germany in that instance, I, I it was really hard for me to think like through this movie like because I the entire time I was watching I'm like, World War Two happens in like seven years from this, and right. that's just crazy to me because like everybody in this town is like very like I don't know anti violent, very like family oriented, and it just speaks to just kind of the stranglehold that like. Hitler took hold of the country very quickly. Uh, so not that that had really anything to do with the movie, but it's just something like that was hard for me not to think of when I'm sure. thinking of like a 1930s German movie. 
I mean, it's a testament just like how quickly fascism can spread, right? Yeah, and just right. brought brought a country to its core. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've been there. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> you're not wrong, Kenny. <laughs> you, not we not maybe have been there. We may be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah, I don't really have anything to add about M. I know a little bit about it, but I do want to say that I'm proud of you for watching this because you know what here's where i'll add i don't have anything to add about him kyle but let's bring up something let's bring up the fact that you've stated on the record that movies pre-1980s blanket bad bad acting no 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 did you say that max i'm pretty sure you said that at some point no i if i did it was at the beginning of this journey kenny listen (laughs) let me correct you right now I have never once said that. Some of my favorite movies are pre-1980s. It's a Wonderful Life. I love that movie. Well, okay? what did you say? Give I me said, your own words. I said, I think movies from the 70s are bad. <laughs> Strictly that decade. <laughs> Strictly the 70s. Now, I'm being a little bit course corrected here. I have not seen very many 70s movies. I sent it to the Discord what my 70s movies were. I've only seen like 10 or 11 of them. I This week, I watched Jaws, and I watched Annie Hall today, and I loved both. Okay? I'm so proud of you. I, I, I've never once ever said pre, movies pre-1980 are bad. That's just the notion that the Discord has thrown on me, because I freaking said they live sucked. <laughs> Listen, you gotta choose your words carefully around here. We take something and run with it. That's true. <laughs> maybe, maybe you just don't like bell bottoms, Kyle. In which I, uh, I get it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, really, if I had to pick all my, if I had to rate my decades, like seventies would be pretty low. Like I don't like disco or funk. Uh, the movies were always bad. I didn't care for their TV shows. Like, give me anything before the seventies or after Listen, the seventies. Seventies had Alien, Barry Lyndon. Never seen it. A Clockwork Orange. It's okay. Star Wars? Okay, but it's even good. if you say Clockwork Orange is okay, the the lead performance is incredible. Like okay. the main guy in, in Clockwork Orange is great. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which I know you didn't like as much as I did. It's but okay. I thought it was good. Suspiria, you would hate it, yeah. but I might make you watch it. I House, will say like you would hate it, but I might make you watch it. Back to M real quick. Oh, I'm sorry, I, I forgot where we were. No, no, it's it's fine. Max, I think you will really like him. I honestly don't. I it's almost like Twelve Angry Men to me. Like I, I would have a hard time believing anybody would dislike him. Cool. Yeah. yeah. If you're willing to read, like, have subtitles, like everybody would like that movie. Uh, yeah. This is like one of those things that now, like you said, you're proud of me because like I watch it, but like I'm not against watching stuff that people suggest to me. And this movie was actually suggested to my co by my coworker, um, who's always suggesting to me like old like old movies from like germany and stuff like he suggested das boot which i haven't got to watch yet but like uh yeah I, I, this is stuff like like if somebody suggests me something like i will watch it almost like always so almost always uh, no i will watch it hey kyle have you heard of a movie called they live you should watch that i have kenny it blew <laughs> <sighs> oh my god all right kenny what have you been watching <laughs> Uh, so I saw recently saw a movie called Talk to Me. Um, oh yeah, n- newest horror movie. Um, one of the newer horror movies that came out in theaters. Um, it was 
filmed in Australia pretty pretty recently. It's about a group of teens. They basically get this, I guess, artifact that lets them talk to the dead and allows the dead to possess them. And there's been a lot of so in, in that term in terms of like just that high level uh recap, it it kind of just seems like a very typical horror movie. A lot of movies have tread the same path. But talk to me it's quite a bit different because the way they portray teenagers in this movie and teenage culture, I feel is like pretty on the on the nose. Um because they don't treat like they get this artifact and they don't treat it as this big scary thing um that they don't want to mess with. It becomes like this thing they do for fun uh like it then they do a really good job of portraying it like these kids having these parties um filming themselves putting it posting it on like tiktok of them of being inhabited by these spirits or talking to the dead and you know like honestly if that did happen that probably is what would happen um so they do a really good job of portraying kind of like that party culture um and they also do a really good job of portraying of like kind of talking about peer oppression around about way. Um, cause a lot of this movie is about peer oppression, like, and the negative effects he could have on them. Right. Just like what, ha- what do you do when the party ends? Right. Um, and the movie is, you know, it's, it's a horror movie. It's not particularly scary. Like it has some really, has some jump scares in it, but it does have like one very, very like graphic and just like memorable, um, scene in there. Like, I'm not going to spoil it for you, but it was just like, probably one of the most brutal horror movie scenes I've seen in a long time. Um, and it's probably one of those scenes that probably sick me for a long, a, a good bit. And I was talking to my wife about it. She said it reminds her a lot of, uh, hereditary. Um, it has like a lot of shared similar DNA between that. Okay. Um, like in which case, yeah, yeah. That's what I was going to say for you, Max, you might quite like this a lot. Um, I had a lot of fun with it. I think I gave it like three and a half stars on letterboxd. Um, what a movie. What a movie. <laughs> but it is it is generally fun. I would see in theaters if you get a chance. And I think like one thing too is that the performances in the movie are really, really good. Um especially by the lead actress Sophia Wilde. Sophie Wilde, she she was incredible. Um she has like such good range for such a young actress. But I I was really impressed by her. I almost went to see this in theaters. But it was it was gonna be like a half hour drive and it was gonna be like midnight. And, and I was alone. And I was like, I really don't want it wasn't 70 millimeter. I really wasn't <laughs> sure if I wanted to commit to that that night. So I haven't had a chance to see this. I really want to. I really like it. I also genre. really want to see it. Um, I don't know how I know Kenny, I don't know how to feel about you. Do you like horror movies or is I know. You just like, like, is it just your wife that likes horror movies? Because like you you have all the memorabilia. But, like, every time I mention a horror movie, you're like, oh, no way. Amber told me all about that. I don't want that. <laughs> I'm just like, which is it? Like, do you enjoy them or not? I don't know. You know, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm going on a journey. I used to not enjoy them. Um, but I think I think you literally past... have nope, like a nope poster right by it. That's not horror. Eh. This house is not solely mine, so uh, my wife has a lot of uh, posters up. But I, I do like I do like horror movies, um, especially like stuff we have up in the house. I do love like Scream, sure, sure, all, all the Jordan appeal movies. Um, but yeah, I do like horror movies. I just there, there's like a certain breed of horror movie that I don't like. Okay. You know what I mean? Like well, I think like uh, like when it gets into the just incredibly real, like super brutal torture, like I Saw. Just, uh, Saw, I mean, but I'm, I'm stuff like Hereditary, uh, Midsummer. That might be why Mitch. Why? <laughs> I don't know. My wife, my wife, so <laughs> I don't know. It's made by the I'm same like, guy. Like, 
Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but I think it's also my, my, I don't know, maybe as of late, the past few years, maybe my uh, uh, tolerance for this stuff has just gone up. I just, mm. my wife has made me see a lot of these movies. So sure. I appreciate her for that. I love horror movies. I love Midsummer. So I. I love Hereditary. I love REC. I love Scream. I love all of the horror movies I can get my hands on. They're too. so fun. I agree. I just love the genre as a whole. Like, I love Suspiria, which is such an interesting horror movie from the 70s that, like, I don't know if you all would jive with, but. I think it's fun and interesting, and I'm excited to watch Possession, which is added onto our most recent list. Like, I just like horror movies. I think they're such an interesting genre that is honestly probably underappreciated. Like, there's a cult following for all horror movies. Like, like horror are. has a big following. But when yeah. you look at the grand scheme of things, as far as like representation in award shows, I think that they should be there in some capacity. I'm not saying that a horror movie is, is likely to win Best Picture, but there's like the biggest horror movie award show that I'm aware of is the dead meat podcast when they do their yearly awards. Like there's nothing that I'm aware of for horror films, which is I don't disagree with you, Max, but like, I will say that like horror movies do get away by being like, you can be cheesy and you can have bad acting and you can have like, like really weird stuff happen. And it's just like, Oh, that it's, it's okay. It's a horror movie. Like I think they get away with that stuff. Like fairly simple. Just like, I mentioned, like, in the Discord, like, one of the things that put me off of Texas Chainsaw is, like, I just thought the acting was incredibly bad. And it was like, well, you can't look at Texas Chainsaw for good acting. I'm like, well, it's still yeah. a movie. Like, I see that at, like, both sides. A, a I, I kind of disagree with you. Uh, I don't think the acting was, like, incredible. But I definitely don't think it was bad for me I think personally. it was overacted way. It was way overacted. In my I, I think in the beginning, yes, perhaps, but like, I think that the ending is all really well done acting wise across the board from everyone there. It's crazy, but like it works, but that's beyond the point. I do agree with you, though, that I think horror movies, because of the nature of them being horror movies, can sometimes get a pass for many for one reason or another. Uh, but I, I just love that genre as a whole because it's so it's all horror but it's so diverse at the same time. Like, it's just so interesting to see what they can do with it. And horror has a trend. Like it's always been on, at least in my opinion, it's always been on the forefront of being like inclusive, like more queer than other types of movies and including a more representation than other types of movies. I've always felt like horror is kind of like leading the trend there. Uh, and, and maybe that's just not true, but that's how I've always perceived it. No, I think that's right. I think it's especially because horror movies are tend to be done on a lower budget. They Correct. tend to be yeah, done yeah. by, you know, it's not something like you're going to, a lot of big studios are making them, right? Um, so I think that just tends to draw on, like, uh, creators who can take more risks and can push the envelope more than you, like, you would see, like, in other types of movies. So I, I think that makes sense. Um, yeah. I think, I, I think, probably, I think it's just, like, one of those things, like, sci-fi movies, fantasy movies, he's very, like, genre- specific um movies just always aren't going to get like the same level of like recognition that they do in hollywood or in the critical press it's just i don't know there's something i think like maybe sci-fi has kind of turned around a bit um mm -hmm. and i think like i think all these movies will type of genres will get that hit that point too it just kind of takes yeah. that movie that like crosses the crosses you see that so that much line, more right? like film noir and stuff like that as far as like leading the forefront it's like more drama heavy stuff but you know maybe we're seeing a bit of a, a bit of a switch a bit of a flip lately i don't know 
I'm a big fan of horror movies, but I, I was curious your opinion on it because I genuinely do, did not know how to feel about what you thought about horror movies. Yeah, you know, I think what it is, like, I used to be very anxious watching horror movies, and I'm a lot less so now. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just a lot easier for me to to, 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 to uh, digest them. So. Jimmy, I think we have a very similar track with horror movies where it's like, for me, the same thing. Like, I hated watching them growing up. My sister would make me watch them, and I would be scared to death. And so it's like, I just avoided them. And then, like, my wife made me watch them. <laughs> and now I'm like very into them, yeah. Because they're yeah. just like fun, and like there's nothing to be scared scared about now, right? And they're like the jump scares are still fun, and like uh, there's still some stuff where you're like, oh my god, like there's like legitimately stuff where I'm like that is disgusting, or like that really that really got me. But like it's not when we're nine years old where it's like that's gonna keep me up at night either. So yes, the key is just force exposure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go <laughs> through through peer pressure. Yeah, Perfect. Alright, the movie I've been watching is a classic, a stone-cold classic that honestly saying I haven't watched that has kind of been a personality trait of mine for the past decade, and that's Titanic. This is one of the biggest movies of all time. I had never seen it until uh, just two days ago, or eh, a few days ago, but regardless. This was Emily's pick for our Ohana Movie Club this week. So I went ahead and sat down Monday and watched Titanic for the first time and was really impressed, honestly. It holds up extremely well, in my opinion. It's not a perfect movie, but it is a movie that I sat at four and a half, and I feel like the needle could pivot either way, which is weird to say. But there are things that I didn't love about it, but other parts that I really loved about it. So maybe it's just going to sit at a four and a half, but I could see it moving one direction or the other if I give it another watch or more time. Uh, I I don't really think there's any need for me to explain what Titanic is. Everybody should know what Titanic is at this point in time. No, please do. It's a three hour epic about (laughs) the Titanic. I I didn't know much going in. I honestly had no idea that there was like an outside sunk. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) I had no idea that like the movie would start, you know, in the future. I didn't I I just assumed the entire three hour one runtime was like on the Titanic. I had no idea that it it introduced us to old Rose, basically, uh, at the start of the film. And so that was a pretty interesting uh, choice, like aspect of the movie. It kind of got me into it in a way that I didn't think it would. I do think the first half of the movie is the weaker half. It's charming. But it's a little slow, and it's nothing like to ride home about. But that second half of that movie is incredible. The second half of Titanic was awesome. So much more anxiety-inducing and visceral than I ever would have anticipated. Like, my heart was beating out of my chest, and I know what happens. Not only do I know what happens to the Titanic, but I know what happens at the end because I've been on this earth for 28 years before seeing it like it's bound i'm bound to be spoiled on titanic one of the biggest movies of all time but yet i was still enthralled and just gripped the tv the entire way through i really liked it some incredible performances emotional aspects like i said visceral violent way more violent than i ever anticipated and honestly just a a well-deserving blockbuster in my opinion i wasn't sure how it hold up i really liked it so it is really interesting here because you okay you were two when Titanic came out is that right? When did it come out? Nineteen ninety six. Seven. Seven. Nine, seven. So I was three or two then. Yeah. Three. On when yeah. It okay. Came out. So I so I was twelve when this came out. So I was like middle school, and 
the association I have with Titanic is I was so annoyed by it because every single girl in my class yeah. was just goo goo for Leonardo DiCaprio. It was just in, in, insane. So for me, like I saw, I remember seeing the movie in theaters. Nothing's when I was changed. Like, <laughs> I also saw it in theaters, Kenny, at nine. Yeah, yeah. Nine. Well, wow, you got quite a show. Um. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. My parents made sure to block that out for me. Uh, I remember. I yeah. distinctly remember my mom putting the hand over my eyes. Dang. <laughs> um. <laughs> but I remember watching it. You know, I I think I was so biased towards it that at times, like it's fine. But I'm sure it's a, a good good movie. Um. But it's just man, it's just like the most things. Like growing up, that is that cult, that association of just Titanic as just being this incredibly annoying thing in my life it just still hangs over my head yeah i mean that's fair have you ever seen it since then no no i haven't seen this oh since. man what i really recommend you never it. watched it on vhs where you had to switch no. the tapes <laughs> that's oh, what danielle man. danielle kept mentioning this is the first time she's seen it when it wasn't on vhs that you had to go sw- flop the tapes halfway through and where she was allowed to watch the nude scenes <laughs> like this, this is the first time she's seen it since a kid it, it was fun uh, I really enjoyed it though, and I very much recommend it. Like, if you haven't seen it since then, I think it. I think it really holds up. Titanic is one of those movies that, like, it's a it's different for you, Max, because you were two. But like for me and Kenny, like, can you think of the weight of Titanic and how like this movie is going to be looked at upon like we look at like something like It's a Wonderful Life, where like that movie has like st- had such a cultural impact where it's still relevant today, and like people still watch It's a Wonderful Life every year. Like Titanic has that weight to it. Yeah. It, and I remember it just had a, such a stranglehold. Yeah. I mean, especially in middle school at the time, but I'm sure just in all aspects of like culture of in 1997. Everybody saw it. Everyone. Mm-hmm. And like it was, it was a movie that like I fought against because similar to you, it's just like, what cool. Like, yeah, this was a, a big epic movie. And like, I get it. Le- all the girls like Leo. It's like, wh- why is this anything better? Why is this better than Ninja Turtles? It's not. But no, like you, Ma- Max is right. Like the the second half is just so gripping, and like watching like the poor people just like kind of accept their fate, and the people in the the coal like loading up, like putting the coal into the engines, and like the captain checking his watch, and all of that stuff is just like just has such heaviness to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't really care for James Cameron. Uh, I don't really like any of his movies besides Titanic. I think his head is so far up his own ass that it's, he's like irredeemable. Um, but yeah, Titanic has it. Like I, I get it for on that. Like he made Titanic good, good job by him. Uh, he made something that has like kind of changed, uh, like kind of changed movies. And pop culture, so good for good on him there. Um, I asked my wife um, how many times she saw Titanic the other day, and she said because she was probably ten at the time, ten eleven. She said she saw it like ten times in theater, ten Whoa! plus times. Yeah, and, but you know, you know, the wild thing is, she didn't see it for you know Leonardo DiCaprio. She saw it for Billy Zane. Oh, <laughs> oh he's that's so why I saw awful, though. <laughs> he's so awful. What a mean guy. But it was a good movie, and he did play it well. But yeah, I, I'm very, very pleased to have finally seen Titanic. Very much enjoyed it. 
And uh, one of these days, I'll get around to watching Avatar, and I can tell everybody about how much I loved that because it's 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 oh an inevitability God, at this point, so right? Freaking sickening, yeah. yes, for sure. It's an inevitability. Like <laughs> maybe I won't love it because I'm just like I have to love it, right? Like <laughs> you need you need to watch it before things we disagree about. I have you know to, yeah. And to. much like you all need to watch Babylon and La La Land before then, just so you all well, can La La disagree with me. Part of the me. letter thing, man. I'll watch yeah, La La. Land. We're moving slow through the letter list, though. We gotta. We gotta get there. I'll I will watch Citizen Kane this week. Alright, alright. Guarantee all right. it. Now it's time to move into outer space. We've each packed three games and three movies for this journey. We're assuming, for player count purposes, that both Doolin and Jash are here with us. So we have anywhere from one to five people to play our games with and watch our movies with. You know, some movies are better with a crowd. There is one little caveat to this. Taking a note from Just One, which is a, a lovely board game, we've decided that if any two of us or three of us pick the same game or movie, we have to call it out, and those people must immediately ditch that game or movie and pick a different one from their reserves. Thematically, Kyle mentioned, it's like we both thought each other would bring it, so neither of us brought it. <laughs> All right, now this is not a draft, so there's no need to really do this in any particular order. It doesn't matter who picks what first. If there's matches, they get nixed. But let's start with you, Kyle. Let's keep it running. And let's do, do you want to do movies or games first? Well, uh, let's do games first. All right, let's do games first. All right, so when, when Kenny brought this topic, one game jumped to the front of my mind before anything else. Infinite replayability. The thematics are off the charts. We're going TI4, baby. Oh. I didn't yeah, even think one. about that. Yeah, think we either. are yeah. in space forever. <laughs> well, Who maybe that's a reason to not want to play a space game. Who cares if it's 12 hours? We got all the time in the world, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and it never gets old. TI4 is a great game. NASA it's, would probably be pissed that we don't do anything during our yeah. day because we're playing TI4 all day. Yeah. Uh, hello, uh, Ken. We haven't made contact with you in 13 hours. Oh, sorry. Sorry. I was too busy holding Mechatol Rex. Uh, what's up? <laughs> I'm just going to be playing. Oh, my God. That's, that I'm is, not, right. That's a good I'm pick. not confident in the rest of my picks. I think okay. TI4 has to be here. Yeah. That's a good one. That's a good oh, one. I didn't oh, even think oh. about it. I do have a question before we go further. Yeah. Can we assume that our games have all the expansions in the box? Yes, I would say yes. Oh, okay. okay. All right. I was going to say no because, you know, we're packing a limited amount of space, but it's fine. Max doesn't like to have fun. Well, I, <laughs> have, I have POK in the base T, uh, TI box, so I have the expansion in the base box. So what you're telling me is by asking that question, you will also be bringing Marvel Champions. I mean, that's a solo game. <laughs> so, so probably not. Marvel Champs ain't getting great at four, so. Really? Well, you don't have to play to four, though. We're here together. We're just me and Kenny. One just like five. It'll just be me yeah. and Kenny. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. One thing we didn't mention, I don't think, is that at the end of this, when we've all brought up our three games, three movies, we're going to off-air kind of aggregate a list and, and give a score to every game or movie. And the person who suggested the worst lists gets booted off due to uh, what did you say, Kenny? A faulty, a faulty, oh, a faulty uh, 
What would Hal 9000 say? A faulty pod? Ooh, Hal 9000, yeah. What would Hal 9000 say? I'm sorry, Kyle, is what he'd say. <laughs> I'm sorry, Kyle. Bad. Your games sucked. And then whoever <laughs> gets the best list becomes captain of our ship, which we all want. All right, Kenny. You're not, your first game. Uh, so my first game, so I, it's really, um, it's a good thing NASA didn't put a weight limit on this because it, this this big boy is heavy. Um, but I chose too many bones. <laughs> yes! Yes! I, I thought about it putting it on be, my list. I yeah. did not, Kitty. I, I figured that would be taken. List. I didn't put it on mine either. Yeah, so too many bones is just such a good, like, uh, I mean, this is this is essentially a Desert Island game, right? It is such a game like uh, that is just filled with so much content and just so many possibilities that it just really just makes it like endlessly replayable. Mm-hmm. Not only because just the nature of like how much stuff's in the box, but because of the dice rolls and the the way the the story and the missions and days are structured, it, you know, a, a game can go so many different ways. Yeah. Um. And so, like, for, in terms of a co op experience, like, I, I like co ops. Like, my favorite game is Arkham Horror, but I'd consider bringing that as well. But I think like. Something like Too Many Bones just is just like I don't know. There's just something to it. There's a magic there that I think will make it. Like, Might finally learn the keywords. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're yeah. stuck on there. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I think it's also a game that scales well player wise. Mm-hmm. So like you can play yeah. it by yourself. You can play it two. You can play it three. You can play it four. It's no problem at all. And if you're yeah. getting all the content for that game, oh my god, how many gear likes yeah. are there now? Like twenty. We're gonna have to hide that trove box somewhere in the spaceship, so yeah, uh, that doesn't get pissed. When when we have to like lose weight to do something, they're like, "You got to get rid of too many bones. You got to throw that overboard." Well, we're gonna get rid of Josh oh, first. Yeah. <laughs> 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 have fun back it's okay. Japan, He's Josh. leaving us anyways. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we'll, we'll put him on the international space station with. Uh, to catch right back perfect perfect oh, that's hilarious yeah too many bones is a great pick i considered it myself ultimately didn't go with it um but yeah talk about a versatile pick yep you can play it at any player count forever it's just and there's like three base games now like there's so much content in in so the much. full box now it's i love too many absurd bones. we still need to play guys cut this from the podcast no we need to play online soon Okay. Or Why would that need to be cut from the podcast? Why do they care? Nobody cares. I'm not cutting it from Us the podcast. Three care. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, while we're here, I'm curious. Favorite gear lock? Go, Kenny. Um, probably gasket. The robot guy. Kyle. Oh, uh, stanza. Oh, nice. I've never played stanza. Mine's nugget. Oh, I love chicken nuggets too. Yeah, nuggets great. All right. I've never played Nugget, so I don't know. Oh, she's so good. So consistent. All right. So for my first game, honestly, I feel uh I feel like I may have made a mistake. You both picked these massive games. Massive <laughs> games. Like and I think I'm about to get Among Us <laughs> out of this spaceship with the worst list because I'm picking a game that is one of my most played games of all time game that I think is basically infinitely replayable. A game that works at basically any player count. And that is Castles of Burgundy. Oh, no, I love Castles of Burgundy. Oh, my God. Kenny's going to boot me out of the spaceship. <laughs> oh, you want to drop the preview for Burgundy Week, Kyle? 
<laughs> Burgundy Week coming to you soon. It's just Anchorman and Castle of Burgundy episode. That's all we're talking about. We're not even talking Full about episode. what we watched that week or played that week. It's just Castles of Burgundy. Yeah. Dedicated to Anchorman, Mr. Burgundy himself, and the castles that he lives in. Yeah, I don't. So you, man, it's obviously the most different pick of the bunch so far because you all went with these massive games. But I love Castles of Burgundy. I do too. Uh, Burgundy's in my top ten uh, most TV games. Oh, is it really? So. Nice, mm, yeah. Max. I think that's a great pick. One I didn't even consider. Yeah, but, like it is so replayable despite like not having yeah. fourteen hundred factions like TI four and TMB. Like. It is so replayable, especially with the new deluxe edition. Are you bringing the deluxe edition or bringing the old Alea version? Okay. Yeah, yeah, because it also comes with the vineyard tiles, which I've never played the vineyard expansion. So now there's an expansion I've never played. Like, I love Castles Burgundy so much. It's it might be it's it, I think it is one of my most fa- most played games of all time. It's probably in my top 10, at least top 15, top 20. It is a delightful game where you have like the same stuff every game, but based off how it comes out, based off your boards, based off the dice you roll, based off which tiles are out each round, based off what other people are going off of, you have to be so tactical, much like we talked about our games with uh, Ark Nova, how we have to, pl- you can't really plan out your game, right? Like I can't start Castles of Burgundy and immediately be like, this is what I'm going to do. I can try that, but it's very likely that the game's just going to give me the middle finger and say, mm, sorry, buddy. You're not getting that. <laughs> You're not doing that this round. I love it. Yeah. That's what I'm going to say. Like, in, in comparison to Ark Nova, like, there's something that I, just like Ark Nova and Castles of Burgundy, there's something I want to do. Right. Same. Every game. I want. I want to get all to the mines. mines. I want to be first on initiative order. I want to get yeah. animals. Yeah. yeah. I want to get animals in the same animal. But, like, unlike Ark Nova, it's like, ah, you're not doing that this game, my friend. Yeah, especially you have like the the things for a it incentivizes like closing off stuff early, but then at the same time you have the incentivized uh, thing to like close off all of one thing early, so you get the six point tiles or the three point tiles. And I don't know, I it it might be a perfect game. Like I'm really trying to consider what isn't good about Castle Burgundy, and I can't think of one. It it might be it might be a perfect board game, in my opinion. Well, for a long time, it was the components in art. Agreed. But now, Agreed. Yeah, and I have not played the deluxe version yet, but we did receive a copy, and I am stoked. I just, I don't know. I love this game so much. So Castle Burgundy. I might get booted out, but maybe the International Space Station will come save me. All right. My first movie is a movie I love, five out of five. It's a movie I know Max loves. I think he gave it a four and a half out of five. Maybe a five. I don't know. He gives all his movies. Five, so it's probably a five. Kenny, I don't know how you feel, but this game should feel great for us because it's based on a board game. And that movie is Clue. Eh, I also picked Clue. <laughs> <laughs> I also picked Clue, Kenny. Oh no! It's infinitely <laughs> it rewatchable. Is, it is. It I love Tim Curry so much. I love Clue so much. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. I couldn't not pick it, Kyle. <laughs> oh no! Okay. Let me just say too. So here's where it gets I tricky. I only gave myself one backup. 
<laughs> so now I have no backups. I have no. I have no backups. I have no backups. <laughs> We're doing it live. We're doing it clock. live. <laughs> <laughs> this is on the fly. <laughs> oh, I hope fudge. we match again, Kyle. Fudge. Okay. <laughs> we match again. Okay, here we go. This is a movie I thought about, and it's similar enough to Clue that I left it off my list. I'll go with Knives Out, which is more okay. of a personal fave. Okay. I don't think it's as beloved as Clue is amongst the Table Knots people. <laughs> I think it's liked enough. But yeah, Knives Out will be my pick since me and Max matched on Clue. <laughs> oh, I can't believe we did that, man. That's hilarious. Oh, with a movie nonetheless. I thought for sure a game would be I know. Well, it's not on. over yet, baby. <laughs> Alright. Knives Out is my choice. So, okay, let's talk about why do you think Knives Out is, like, super playable? Like, why do you think it's a movie you can watch over and over and over again? Um, I guess it's more for me and that just, like, I love the characters. I, I don't care about, like, the, the whodunit is fun at first. Um, but even when you know it, like, the characters are still fun to watch. Um, like Daniel Craig is hilarious and and yeah, totally agree uh, knives out. He's even funnier in Glass Onion, in my opinion. But like he's so good at knives out. Like his deputy, um, I'm forgetting the actor's name. Uh, he was in like uh, he was in Get Out. Oh, frick, mm. I'm gonna have to look it up. Uh, but his like deputy is so funny, even though he has like a small line, small lines, and then just the rest of the cast is just so good and so fun to watch. That's why, and I love the setting of it. I love that northeastern, uh, the northeastern part of the United States in the fall. Uh, it's kind of rainy and gray, and like they're in a huge mansion. I don't know. It's just like I love being in that world. The world of murder. Yeah, that's a yep. good movie. World, yeah, I love. I just I love think murders. I, I don't know. I, I don't love it nearly the way that you love it, but it is a great movie. Uh, very good, and I'm I'm happy that it'll be on the spaceship with us. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Unless we kick you out. Wait, if we kick you out, do we keep your games and movies? No, we only get three. Three games, three movies. It's whoever the captain is. Oh. No, no, I think we, yeah, we, we keep, keep them all. all. I, that, that's, yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. He's whoever's the best. Okay. Uh, that, God, the actor awful. I was uh, trying to think of is Lakeith Stanfield. Mm. Maybe we way. should just do three games, three movies. Only the captain's picks day. Okay. Why no, like <laughs> well, rouse joy on this multi-year mission? All right, Kenny, what's your first movie or sec? Yeah, first movie. So I'm expecting a buzz from Max oh, on God. this one, but there's a certain director I think is very, very uh, movies I think are super replayable. And that's Edgar Wright. Uh, but I'm going to pick a movie, uh, Scott Pilgrim. Um, I think is such a fun and enjoyable uh movie just i when i can mm -hmm. go back to over and over again um i have like i have a big uh love for the original comic it came from i like have a poster hanging out of it mm -hmm. on my wall um so i think the movie is just a great adaptation of the source material um and it's just one i can i don't know it's i can pop it on anytime and i'll it's like for me it's almost kind of like it's sure. comfort food of something I'd, I'd love to have in the background um i i think i think that's true of like a lot of edigrate movies i think a lot of them kind of hit that spot of just like being this nice blend of Good blend of like comedy, action, and then you know also other stuff too. So and when like you're when you're not looking away, like the the this cut scenes are uh -huh. so great, and the, 
Like, you can still follow along. Like, obviously, Edgar Wright has a style. We've talked about it many, many times. But, like, so you can follow along despite his style. But when you do look at it, you're like, oh, this is so Edgar Wright. It's so much fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Scott Pilgrim's a great choice. There is an Edgar Wright movie that's on my list. I will not be telling you if it's on my list or my backups, but it is present. But that's not the one. I'm going to start with the one that I think is the most likely to get canned. What are you thinking of, Kenny? Are you, are, okay, before you before you even do this, are you gonna like pick some fancy, artsy picks here? Are you gonna pick some movies? Yeah, this is like, actually one you watch. <laughs> You'll just have to wait and see. You might be pleasantly oh my surprised. My first pick is Lord of the Rings: Fellowship of the Ring. You know, that's pretty. Good. Am I good? Max, oh, okay. am I good? I really thought that someone else might pick that. Okay, here's the thing, though. I okay, I did put Lord of the Rings on my list, but I didn't specify well, which one. Well, it can't be Fellowship now. Okay. <laughs> okay, if okay. you pick Fellowship, I'll pick Two Towers. Kyle, you pick Return <laughs> of the King. The whole you got it. <laughs> no, see, like I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be harsh here. If Kenny had Lord of the Rings on his list, they have to be crossed out. No. <laughs> They have to be. You know, that's, you know, you're, you're, you're I think you're harsh, but fair, Kyle. <laughs> Why would you do this? You're tearing me apart, <laughs> Kyle. <laughs> because obviously, Matt or Kenny couldn't pick, which that's is his Matt fault. Him. Like, pick a lane. Why Kenny, am I being punished? <laughs> <laughs> Why am I being punished? He's your friend. <laughs> I just, you're my friend too, Kenny. I've already had you. two matches. <laughs> This is really bad. That is your fault. That is your fault. Listen. Oh my god. All right. So fellowship is unfortunately. Are you cut kidding despite me? Despite I, I was pumped. I thought it was a great pick. I am livid. I, I think the thing though. I think, I think it'd be kind of a bummer to only have one of the three Lord of the Ring movies, right? If we get the whole trilogy, I'm hell yeah, I'm fellowship. all for it. Fellowship but. is, it's it's magical. But I do think, like, Lord of the Rings in general is, like, super playable just because, like, you get so immersed in that yeah. world. And it's just, like, it I feels agree. good, you know? I don't know. I think spe- especially Fellowship is really good at creating those, like, um, that peaceful beginning vibe in the Shire. I, I can't I believe love it. you've done this. Yeah, I know, I know all three oh of us love God. Fellowship for that I just reason. want you to know, when you all vote to kick me off the island, let it be known <laughs> <laughs> that it is because you all have matched with me on everything. You, well, all right. What's your what's your actual next pick? Your I don't think anyone's gonna match with this, and I think it's a very good pick, and I think it might surprise some people. And that is E two Mama. Ta- I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I want you guys to see the face on Kenny. <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> he literally was about to say "f me." <laughs> okay, all right. But really, though, I do think it'll surprise people, and I don't think it'll match Amadeus. Okay, why? You don't. Interesting. You're not a fan. I like no, no, no. Obviously, I like Amadeus. I don't understand it in terms of like 
we're in space. I don't know if it's that rewatchable. I think it's a very rewatchable movie. And it has the music. It has the the operas, like the plays that are almost like little vignettes inside of Amadeus. You're getting you're getting a whole show here with Amadeus. An entire show, not just a movie, but a whole show. You're getting the music, the operas, you're getting it all. I think it's incredibly well acted. I think oh, you sold us on the opera. Listen, you're in <laughs> space, Kyle. Do you hate music too? We've had this Listen, discussion. <laughs> Amadeus is a great pick. Good job, Max. Good pick. Any music before 1990 <laughs> sucks. This is, this is Just... a great movie that crosses so many boxes of incredible acting, drama, comedy, music. It's got it all. It's the whole gambit. But okay, but what makes it like replayable? Like what makes a movie you'd want to watch uh, over and over? It's and over very again? good. I think okay, I think I think a movie for it to be like replayable has to be just better than good. Otherwise you're just gonna watch otherwise all your picks could be uh Listen, why, why mommy okay, and here's the I deal. <laughs> I think I think having a movie that is rewatchable is, is very nice. It's very important. But keep in mind that we're only going to have nine movies on here. So inherently, we're rewatching all of these. <laughs> no matter what, we're going to rewatch all nine exactly, of these. Exactly. So they better be heckin' rewatchable. I'm shocked that you don't think it's rewatchable. I think Amadeus is very rewatchable. I think, I think Amadeus was very good. I don't need to see it again. I'm surprised by that, personally. I, I, pro- I will be shocked if I ever watch Amadeus. What? Why? I mean. That's not a that's not an unpopular what? opinion, Max. Why? Why do you all not <laughs> like to watch good things? I we okay, but here's the thing. I think it's like one of the things like where your your limited movies exposure is going to hurt you because I don't. I, I just don't think Amadeus is like a rewatchable movie. Max, I very okay. much I disagree with that. I think it's Let's a very the rewatchable the movie. Thing. Max does not like rewatchable movies. What are you talking about? He doesn't. You like artsy movies that should be watched once. I rewatch them all. You, I love you rewatching do. movies. Rewatchable movies are Anchorman. They are yeah, get super out. bad. No, they are Marvel no. movies. Yeah, I have yes. absolutely no desire to rewatch any Marvel movie except for maybe Infinity War or Endgame. You have an alien brain. What? I listen. You literally just said the most rewatchable movies are dumb comedies and superhero movies. And I'm going to be real with you. Those are like the two least rewatchable movies to me. I think you would be severely outnumbered. Already am. Used to it. Been outnumbered <laughs> since day one of this podcast. What's new? This is, this is another Thursday for me. Getting yelled at for bad takes. Rewatchable like comfort movies, replayable movies, just are just like they're kind of different. Like it's just something you you know, right? Yeah, it's just, it's, it's just I, I it's IPs, okay. It's but what movies, I'm saying is that Amadeus is that for me at least. I, I think that means you're getting kicked out, Max. What Sorry. for my <laughs> first <laughs> pick? <laughs> leading pick. <laughs> yeah, did you leading pick? But oh man, you did a good job on Rewatchable with Fellowship, and then you blew it. <laughs> I've already had two movies taken Potter. off. You should have picked Harry Potter three. No, or what? Is, where is like the Amadeus hate coming from? This is an incredible. 
Nobody's what is the most deserving Nobody's best hating. picture winners of all time? What? That's not an unpopular oh take. Gosh, Joy. Joy. Are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> you sure about that? You sure about are, that? That's you why. all are oh, revealing man. something about yourself to me. I love you, but you are not serious people. <laughs> this is ridiculous. You're too You're serious. Like, you might be too serious of people. Ugh, that sucks. I'll just watch Captain America Civil War for the 12th time. No interest. Oh, I would love that. I would love. I'm about to put on Civil War right now. You have to be kidding me. I need my own podcast. I don't know if I could do this anymore. This is. <laughs> I don't want to be around, be around anymore. anymore. <laughs> this is this is too much. Like, wait, Max. Like, you want to kill yourself because I watch Civil War? <laughs> because you don't like you don't want to watch Amadeus again. I am shocked that you said you don't think you'll ever watch Amadeus again. That's very surprising to me. I think it's an excellent movie that very much is rewatchable for me, at least. Uh, clearly, I'm in the minority here. But it it genuinely surprises me that you say you don't think you'll ever watch it again. I think it's fantastic. So many elements of it are fantastic, and I would love to see it again. I just I just don't know what makes it something like we would want to rewatch over and over and over again. Granted, it's been a long time since I've seen it. I think it's just that compelling. Just it's it, excellent. Like I said, it's got everything. It's got drama. It's got comedy. It's got incredible acting. It's got the music. It's got the vignettes. It's got it all going on. I guess, I guess we'll see what, the, what you got for two and three. What's the point? <laughs> and that, that'll do it for board game box office. <laughs> Eject me now. Send me home. <laughs> seen Captain America Civil War 12 times it's well over that <laughs> okay I at least should have picked a worse Marvel movie like Thor the Dark World <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I did I did pick one of the best ones you're right that was a bad call that was, that was a mistake on my part I, sh- I shouldn't have picked one of the best ones uh. Okay, that was fun. I'm so bad. I love Amadeus. Moving on. Okay. My next game is one I know I won't match with anybody because neither of you have played it, but it's one I touted on the podcast Haunted uh, recently. And yeah. Yes. Yes. I think it's infinitely replayable. I think it's right up our group's alley in terms of like meanness and interaction and Yuri stuff. And if you want to hear me talk about it more, go to our last podcast. But my second pick is Hansa Tatanika. Which is very me, and I don't expect to get rated high by either of you, but I do think we would have a blast with it on a spacecraft. I actually thought about putting this on my list too, um, but I thought, well, Kyle's probably going to do it. But just based off you and you alone talking it up so much, I'm like, this sounds like the perfect game for four to five people to play over and over again. Yeah. That is like, like a Euro, but also has that tension that, you know, that we kind of like in board game yeah so. yeah it's it's very us it is very us as a group in my opinion yeah. you're right no. there max 
<laughs> What's your second game? All right. Well, I I fully expect this just to get uh, knocked out. Like this is not a game I would usually pick. Um, but in the situation we're in, where we're gonna be playing these games a lot, repeated plays, and one of my biggest criticisms of the game is that it takes repeated plays to get good at it is root. Oh, wow! Oh. Not what I even mm-hmm. considered. I considered it, but I just assumed. Kenny wouldn't. I literally was like, I could pick root, but I know Kenny doesn't like root. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, I I we played a root in person. Uh, I don't know, it was probably like six months ago, and I enjoyed it. Um, and I think like if I if I have the time to like actually sit down and learn this game and play it over and over again, I think it's a game I will love. Um, so yeah, and I think like a game like root, it's just privately like a game you can play over. And I mean, you guys obviously have so. I think you're with all the expansions. Yeah, true. It's a good time for years to come. That's a great pick. Good pick. Agreed. Speaking of another game that I think is basically infinitely replayable, and a game that really not only deserves a lot of replays, but almost requires or necessitates a lot of replays, uh, and this is Guards of Atlantis 2. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I'm doing so good. I, I'm not against this pick. I just haven't played Cards it. Cards of Atlantis 2 is a MOBA yeah. board game from Wolf Designer. It is easily the best, most faithful MOBA board game out there. There's tons of characters. Each character has branching pathways. It's a game that has pretty easy rule sets, but a ton of depth because of the cards. The way you play the game is very simple. Playing the game is quite difficult doing it well at least um you can play this at two you can play it at three you can play it at four i think it'd be best at four but like it's not super limited by player count and i think it's just a game that you could play forever basically being like oh i want to get really good with these four characters and so kenny picks his main and i pick mine and kyle picks his and doolin picks his because Jash already left i forgot about that and then we just play those until we've got like really good at those characters (laughs) and then we move on there's so many characters in this game that I just think that we could play this game forever. And it's it's unique in that it's a team play game. So it's going to be 2v2. You're going to have teamwork. It's going to require that cooperation and also have that competitive aspect. I think it's just a game that's really going to be welcomed on our spaceship. And I hope you all feel the same. I feel like I'm writing a persuasive letter. When I first started this, I was like, Listen, here's my games. Here's my movies. Now that you've already put me down in the dirt and like you're strapping me up, you're like you're like putting on my helmet, like patting me as I'm walking out the door. I'm over here like, guys, listen, I promise you this would be a good fit for our game days here. Don't I'm not ready to leave. No, I let me just teach you the game. Let me just teach you the game. It's like, oh, oh, oh we can watch. We could play Guards of Atlantis while watching Amadeus. We could have that on in the background. <laughs> and I hope like, my computer crashes again. We don't want to watch Amadeus. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, I, I do think this is actually a very good pick. Yeah, I do not um, hate this pick, even though I haven't played it. You guys have talked it up so much that it does seem like it's up you my You took alley. it, right? You you have it? Okay. Yeah, I have it. I, I, will, I will play it before uh, you guys either come to me or I come to you. Yeah, it's, it's a game of like it's a game of such skill that it, I think like repeated plays will unlock like a lot yeah, of depth agreed. and just um, that we have not even begun to like uh, see in our limited plays. So, all right, 
my uh my second movie is uh probably the game or the the thing I'm most worried about because there's one game I associate with table knots and there's one movie I associate with table knots. I did not put the game on my list, but I did put the movie. And I'm going with Scream for my second pick. You can have it. Max, did nope, you match? I did me? Not. Yeah. Okay. So Scream is completely beloved by at least me yeah. and Max. And I think Ken likes it. Yeah, I, I really like Scream. Uh, I, and like, as we mentioned earlier, we're we're fans of the horror genre here. And I think Scream, I mean, Scream is far and away my favorite horror movie. Um, I love the meta commentary on it. I think it's funny. I think it is uh, surprising. It gives you everything horror has to offer in that one movie. And if we get all the sequels, that makes it even better. But I don't think <laughs> we do. There's I not even we, enough. I think we just there's not enough screen. selections left. I don't think to get all the sequels. <laughs> just forget about two and three. I think we get. Just forget about two and three. I think we just get. Yeah, we'll just forget about those ones. But the franchise as a whole is very good. So I am I'm happy I didn't match. I was pretty worried about this one. I am gonna put Scream down as my second yeah. movie to go along Scream's with Scream's great. Out. I I I probably don't so let me clarify this in that it's a five star movie. I love Scream. But I don't think it's my top scary movies. Like I personally think that I put Alien and the Thing above Scream. Ah, uh, see I don't really qualify those as scary. Oh. Maybe because they're not slashers. Maybe yeah, they're definitely they're not, not slashers, slashers like, I, but to me, they're still easy horror well, movies. Uh, well, do you consider them horror, Kenny? I would, yeah. I think Alien is especially thing kind of teeters. Okay, yeah, maybe Alien. I don't know. I think so. I, maybe just because, like, I find, like, slasher movies, like, the scariest because they're, like, realistic. And I don't, like, Alien obviously isn't realistic. The thing is not realistic. Yeah, that's fair. Um, So they don't really scare me. Whereas like Scream does did scare me as a kid, uh, but that's yeah. I I, get I guess it, it's though. one thing to say it scares you, and one thing to say it's a part of the horror genre. Which I would say it's a part of the horror yeah, yeah, genre, yeah. even if it doesn't scare you necessarily. Yeah, yeah, that's that's yeah. fair. I'm I'm thinking very. Uh, like Scream is great though. I, it's one I've only seen one time. I just saw it this year for the first time. We did the whole whole watch through all six of them. Um, really loved it. Loved the whole series. Couple downsides, but loved the whole series. Uh, Scream 1 is, is certainly the best of the bunch, but I haven't revisited it yet, so I'd be happy to have this on the spaceship so we can revisit it. So my next movie um, is a classic 80s movie, and I feel like movies in the 80s tend to have this quality of just being very Careful, watchable. not to Kyle. Just kind of like... Mm, oh, true. Um, but maybe he'll agree with me on this, and the movie I picked is Back to the Future. Specifically oh, yes, the very obviously. first one. I yeah. love Back to the Future. I took it in our uh, in our draft recently. Yeah, it, I think it's it's a movie I've watched watched quite a bit. Lot. I mean, in my lifetime, and I think it's one that is just like a great blend of like kind of like Scott Pilgrim, like of comedy, action, drama. It just kind of has everything in one package, and just kind of feels that just feels good. You know, one of those feel good um, movies you can put in the background, and you'll. You don't have to watch it to kind of get the vibes it's putting out. I, I agree. I agree. Uh, I've seen this movie, but it's been literally 15 years ago. So I, I do need to revisit. I really can't speak to it much just for the fact that it's been ages since I've actually seen it. I remember enjoying it, but like, I just can't. 
I don't know. At this point in time, it's been so long that I can't say anything about it. Back to the Future is one of those movies that I don't I don't even know if I rated it a five star. It's probably a four and a half for me on uh, on Letterboxd. But if somebody was like, hey, my favorite movie is Back to the Future, I'm like, that is a great favorite movie to have. One that you can because like Kenny said, like it is infinitely rewatchable. Uh, it's it's just very fun. And it's not like it's not dumb fun. It has a great story. It does time travel really well. Uh, kind of set that that tone of like the Mothman kind of thing, like or not the butterfly effect, not Mothman. The butterfly effect of like if something if you mess up with the timeline, it's gonna affect the future. Uh, kind of like really did that super well. So yeah, Back to the Future is a great movie. I'm having a midlife, a mid a mid draft crisis, guys. I know this isn't a draft, but let me ask you this: Is it cheating to pick movies? To try and stay on the ship. You should have a list of three. Uh-huh. Those are the three you have to go on before. You, did you have a list of three before the podcast started? Uh, yeah, but two of them are gone. <laughs> okay, well, do you, you, have, you have your reserves, right? I think they have I did only have one reserve at the time. But here's my thought process. Do I pivot halfway through this list to instead of living for me, living for you all? Because I think I'm going to get kicked <laughs> off. But, like, I could pick Inglorious Bastards, like, if, we're, if, if I'm really trying to stay on this list. So, for me, I picked games and movies that I personally enjoy, but I knew you guys also enjoyed. Yeah. I've I, I did the same. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I think I'll be uh-huh. okay with this one. I don't think it's going to hit. I'm I'm getting kicked out. Uh, the next movie on my list is, in my opinion, one of the most rewatchable movies of all time. I know that because I've rewatched this movie almost more than any other movie ever, probably. Uh, it is an Edgar Wright film, and it is Hot Fuzz. What? Max, I almost okay. put this on my list, so okay. good pick. I can take, I can breathe. <laughs> I can breathe for a moment. I just need Kyle to f*** up. And maybe I'll be okay. <laughs> I just what? what? Why do you think it's between it just me gotta, and you? It has to be one of you. It can't be me. It can't. You know what? To be honest, though, when this podcast started, I was like, "Yeah, I'm not making it. There's no way. <laughs> There's no way. There's no way. Maybe we we can treat the Discord like the International Space Station. And if like ten people say, "Let's save Max," they come and pick me up. So. We'll see All what right, happens. Good luck. I think I genuinely do 100% agree with you, Kenny, that uh, Edgar Wright creates some of the most rewatchable movies ever from the pacing to the music to the comedy to the perfect blend of comedy drama action to the actual editing and like the framework of everything that keeps you engaged. You could watch a you could watch an Edgar Wright movie. You wouldn't want to, to clarify, but you could put it on mute and like stuff might still make you laugh. Because of the way he frames things on the picture. And I genuinely think that he is one of the best at doing comedy, not only in dialogue, but specifically in utilizing everything a movie can utilize to make you laugh. Um, I really struggled with whether to pick Shaun of the Dead or Hot Fuzz for this. I think they are both, in my opinion, neck and neck rewatchable. I could re-watch. I've, I've probably seen them both over 20 times in the course of my lifetime. And I could do it again if I wanted to, and, and I probably will. I think I just kind of give the edge to Hot Fuzz these days. I do think it's very tight, but I love Hot Fuzz a little bit more right now, and that could change next year. Who the heck knows? 
Um, but one of my favorite movies of all time and one that I consider infinitely rewatchable without a shadow of a doubt. I think Cod Fuzz, I'd give that over Shaun the Dead too because it's a bit more of a ends on a better note. You know what I mean? It's it's a bit more like uplifting. Yeah, that's fair. Um, in terms, of, I still think Shaun of the Dead's ending is good, but it's a little. Uh, I guess I guess Hot Fuzz yeah, is a little more is. uplifting, uh, perhaps. You know, you're you're still in the zombie apocalypse. Not great. Yeah, but they're like but, doing your <laughs> daily activities for you now. <laughs> zombie slavery, I guess. <laughs> like I don't know how that works. Yeah, I, I think like Hot Fuzz, I think it's a bit more polished too than um, Shaun of the Dead. So I think that's why, for me, it's always been like out of like the those yeah. tree of movies, the the one yeah. I always go to. Kyle, so. you're not a big uh, you're not a big fan. I don't remember. Uh, I like them fine. Um, I don't hate them like Jeff does, but I don't like them like yeah. you do. Uh, I would be if uh, let's say like we weren't doing like a pick thing and like we all just like I'm on Max's ship. Whatever he brings, like is what I'm watching. I would be fine watching Hot Fuzz. Okay, but we are doing a pick thing. Yeah, but we are doing a pick thing. And right now, you also have Amadeus. And I have Knives Out and Scream, and Kenny has Scott Pilgrim and Back to the Future. <laughs> so. I'm happy with my picks. I will stand my ground. Uh, I don't hate the Hot Fuzz pick. Let it be known. Two of my picks were nixed, because you all... <laughs> just... Wow. Send me home. You know, I'm sure that think. NASA shouldn't have hired you because you're bad at thinking on your feet. What do you mean? How am I bad? <laughs> <laughs> you're a bad boy. Bad boys too, baby. <laughs> Which one are we watching? Bad boys or what's the other one, Kenny? Help me here. Bad boys or is it point break? Point break. Point break. Yeah. It's point break. Oh, what do you mean? Which one are we watching? No. Which one are we watching first? Yeah. Great, great scene in that movie, too, <laughs> by the way. What movie is that from, Kyle? All right. What? It was Amadeus. The answer was Amadeus. All right. What's your next game, Kyle? Oh, the Uh My last game, I think, is my weakest pick in terms of it's the one I'm least confident in uh, being something that everybody will, will want on the ship. Uh, and I'm picking this solely because of the great time we all had with it together in person. And that's heat pedal to the metal. Hmm. Okay. I mean, it's a good game, but like, I wouldn't really consider it that replayable. You know, like I probably, I, I liked it, but I really don't want to go back and play it again ever. I could probably live my life without ever playing this game again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I had a little too much uh too much flair in there. Uh I liked that uh game, but I'd probably never go back to rewatch it. Uh sorry, my dog just shit in the floor. <laughs> that's insane. That's not how I sound. No, but that's your game taste personified. He is replayable. It has all these different modules, it has multiple maps in the box, four maps. We had fun together. No, it's good. Know. It is your weakest pick. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. I'd agree. Because uh, I got a banger of a pick. I'm surprised no one else has picked it so far. And that is Dune. No, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. Ah, no, you don't. That's, that's the game that I was talking about that I did not want on my list. <laughs> I had it on mine. Well, I was, hoping, I was hoping to sneak it through. Hoping to sneak it through. Um, I should just pick lots of Oh, no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> He doesn't have any backups. He's looking at a shelf. Well, 
don't have I don't have a backup. Um, let me think. Oh my god! You didn't have a backup for Dune yeah, Imperium. <laughs> you know, sometimes you could buy an optimism. <laughs> um, what about Cosmic Encounters? Okay, mm-hmm. you can have it. I thought for sure that was going to be. You can have it. I didn't put it on my. I think that's. I think Cosmic Encounters is endlessly replayable. The way all the aliens can come out and the interactions between the aliens. Um, I think it can be a really great time where it can be kind of a dud. I think that's one of the downsides to it, just based off of. Um, but I think like our group is going to tend to lean towards mm-hmm. being fun um, repeatedly. But yeah, there's there's so much confidence for that game too. So many expansions um, that like even like a campaign that we could play through. I think I think there's a lot to get out of Cosmic Encounter over the years. Agreed. Agreed. No, it's a great game. Love Cosmic. So much content. It's just, yeah, great game. It does have some duds. We've had some dud games before, but, you know, we're on the spaceship forever. Yeah. That's fine. Run it back. Run it back. We'll make it through. Oh, I honestly thought you were going to... I thought this would get nixed. Um, and I guess now, nothing's... It's impossible for me to get nixed, right? As my last right, pick, yeah, I really did. thought this would get nixed. I almost want to pick my backup instead, but I'm not going to because that's them's the breaks, them's the rules. The game that I, the last game that I have on my list, not backups, is Skull King. I almost yeah. put it on my list too. That's I really thought Kenny might might nix me with Skull King. Uh, probably my favorite card game. I just absolutely adore it. Uh, I think it's hilarious. It's fun. It's rambunctious and rowdy. Um, you know, if I was, if this was like a desert island and I had to bring like three games just for me, Skull King probably wouldn't make that cut just because it is just the card game. Like, I, I love it, but like, it's not a game that we're going to play 20 times over the course of a week. You know what I mean? I mean, I, actually, we might because it's quick, but. I, I should say it's not a game that I can just see us playing repeatedly forever because it would eventually get kind of samey, um, but it would take a long time to get there. But with us having nine other, or like nine games in total, I think that is a great game that fills a niche that we do not have yet as far as like a quick playing card game, which is sorely missed so far in our group of games. So I'm happy with Skull King's inclusion. Uh, what do you think about Skull King, Kyle? Uh, I love Skull King, and um, honestly, you you worry about Amadeus. I think having Hanza and Heat in the game section is really gonna f me. <laughs> so, it, it might, <laughs> it might. Uh, I I think Skull King is a great pick. Um, I was trying to think of a lighter game. Uh, initially before I picked Heat, it was gonna be Azul. I thought about it. Um, but I think I think Skull King is probably the better pick. I. I I'm glad I didn't think of it because then mm-hmm. we didn't mix each other. So I want to share my backups. I'm curious if you all have backups. I know Kenny didn't, but my two backups were Spirit Island, which I think would have been an excellent pick also, and the Resistance Avalon yeah. because I just would have liked some kind of hidden deduction. But honestly, with only five people, my backups were Azul and uh, Too Many Bones. Actually, mm-hmm. what's your uh, what's your last movie there, Kyle? Hey, how long are we on the spaceship for? Oh God, do we know? Long time. Uh, how long did it take them to go to Jupiter in two thousand one? Was like six years. Okay, so six years. Six years. Six years. Mm-hmm. That's six Christmases. Oh my God. So uh, let's uh, let's uh, bring Home Alone along with us, shall we, boys? <laughs> <laughs> you surprise no one. 
<laughs> Home Alone is a great Christmas movie, but also I have found great anytime because my daughters watch it all the time, whether it's Christmas time or not. And I laugh no matter what. That's fair. <laughs> I have seen Home Alone. I've seen Home Alone over a hundred times. It literally does that's not. That's another old. that you know what I'm going to do that right now. I'm going to search Home Alone and add it to my watch list because I'm not seeing it since I was a kid. And I'll also add uh, what was the other one? Uh, uh, Back to the Future. Okay, yeah. I'll add Back to the Future to my watch list as well because it's been absolutely forever since I've seen either of those. Yeah, yeah, I watched Home Alone like just last year. We introduced it to you, Ellie, and yeah, we all loved it. Still. Holds up super well. And I think, like, having a Christmas movie on the list is very nice. When we're far away from home, want to be reminded of it. Yeah, I agree. I I thought you were going to pick National Lampoon's uh, Christmas Uh, Vacation. That is my my favorite Christmas movie, one of my favorite movies ever. But I think Home Alone is probably more rewatchable. And that it's not as jokey. So the jokes wouldn't get as stale. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, you know, movie is jokey, and it's probably my worst pick, but I'm picking it for me, and that is Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> That's a great pick. I've never seen it. Oh, man, oh, you man. gotta add it. Megan's favorite watch movie of all time, Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, um, I mean, I don't know. That movie is just so stupid, but it's, it ends. It becomes this, like, level of just, it's so stupid that it's kind of smart. Um, <laughs> and I think just... Uh, uh, Jeff Daniels and Jim Carrey just sink into the role so completely. It is just so good. Oh man, um, it is hilarious. Just every single scene is just memorable and just so funny. Um, I it's one of those movies I could have on uh, constantly all the time. So, like I think Kylie talked about, um, Billy Madison was a movie you just had on repeat in yeah. your childhood. I think Dumb and Dumber was kind of like that for me. So, and you know, even to my adulthood, yeah, I'm, I'm I want to take it with me in the space. So, I. uh See, Dumb and Dumber is a movie Max should be watching, but instead he's looking like, have you guys heard of Portrait of a Lady Oh, that fire? movie is fire. Uh. <laughs> what a good movie. Listen, do you genuinely think I'll like Dumb and Dumber? Because I don't. That's the problem, uh. Max. That's the problem. It's so Listen, funny. you say that, but Doolin only gave it a two and a half. Doolin's a moron. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> right. I... I- I don't know. I think I wonder if there's like a generational gap there of just I don't know. E kids might call it cringe. I call it funny. Well, we'll see. I'll give it a watch for you. Now I get to pick my last pick, which will very likely cement my uh, my leaving. Uh, before I leave, I'm gonna give a little speech. <laughs> I'm not actually, but uh, I'm probably gone after this. It's La La Land. Yeah, no, oh yeah. you're not picking La La, picking La La Land, <laughs> Max. There was a chance I, for you. There was a chance. We just went over how bad my games a, were. I'm not going to change because you're wrong. <laughs> it's on you to change, not me. You picked this for me, Kenny, Dolan, and Josh. Yeah. To watch on repeat. I picked it for me. You've never seen it, Kyle. Kenny, have you seen okay. it? Yeah. You kind of, you said you kind of like it, right? No, I said I don't like it. Oh, well, you're wrong. <laughs> Listen, La La Land is supremely rewatchable. It's it's so rewatchable. It's a musical. It's emotional. It's got drama. 
It's got two great performances from Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone. It's got connection. It's got heart. It's also really boring. It's not, though. Mm. Max like, I won't like Dumb mm. and Dumber, but you guys should watch La La Those La are Land not even remotely similar movies. Exactly. One's good and one's bad. Oh. You've never seen... <laughs> I, I generally just do not like Ballin. You've I, never seen Dumb and Dumber. I know, and I didn't say it was bad. You said I will not like. I said this I don't think I will. Do you think I will? Because I don't think I will. Kyle said I don't think I will. Do you think I will? You said one of them is bad. Oh, Dumb and Dumber is a comedy from the nineties. There's no way it can be any good. It needs to be from the sixties, and it needs to have subtitles for me to enjoy it. I said I don't <laughs> think I will. Do you think I will? I didn't say it was bad. <laughs> so I think La La Land is like a well-made movie, but it, I think it there's I think it requires a heavy reliance on like musicals, especially musicals of yesteryear. Um, if if you're like you know if you're into that, like it's a spanger for sure. But um, I I tend to not like musicals and uh, just did not hit for me. Even though I do like Damien Giselle, I've two he's two for three for me. So. All right, we're going to take a break from this podcast as we aggregate our scores for these lists, and we'll come back and find out who is crowned captain and who is kicked out. Um, don't hold your breath. We'll see you in a minute. All right, so we've done our calculations. We have ranked the games and movies, and how we did this to make it fair was we only ranked the two other members' list. So I ranked Max and Kenny's movies and games one to six and Max ranked mine and Kenny's one to six and so on and so forth. I think those examples were enough. Um, okay. So let's start <laughs> yeah, off with the game. So. <laughs> I think that was, that was perfectly clear. We'll rank from, uh, I'll, I'll go from worst to best. All right. So if you got a one, that is a bad score. If you got a six, that is a good score. So number one is cosmic encounter. Oof. All right. Number two is Guards of Atlantis 2. Number three is Root. Number four is Skull King. Number five is Castles of Burgundy. And number six is Too Many Bones. That gives a score of, or for me, Max has a sum of 11 and Kenny has a sum of 10. So Max wins the board games for me. That's probably the only victory I'm getting today. <laughs> well, uh, so Kyle, here's my from worst to best. Heat would get one point. Hans yep. is going to go two. Yep. Skull King, three points. Guards of Atlantis, four points. Kalsberg, me five. TI, four, okay. six. All right, so I Max got 12 and I got nine. Got it. For my games, I gave Heat the low score of one. Yeah, Cosmic Encounter, the next score of two. I'm trusting you, Kyle, because I love Cosmic and I've never played Hansa, but I'm giving Hansa a three. Too Many Bones, a four. Root, a five. And TI4, a six. Can you sum those for me Kenny real quick? with 11. Kyle with 10. Oh, man. Okay. Oh, man, my games are getting shit on. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to my world when we talk about movies. 
That's, that's my fault for picking Heat in freaking a game that you guys haven't played. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, true. that's true. That's true. All right, Kyle, what about uh, the movies? Okay. All right, movie, movies. I'm sorry, man. Um, number one is going to be La La Land. Haven't seen it. Seems dumb. Uh, number two is Amadeus. Have seen it. Not rewatchable. Three is Hot Fuzz. Have seen it. Is rewatchable. Four is Scott Pilgrim, the better Edgar Wright movie. Five is Dumb and Dumber. And six is Back to the Future, which gives us some of 15 for Kenny and six for Max. <laughs> Oof, that's rough. Uh, all right. Uh, one point for La La Land for me. Just don't like it. Sorry, Max. Uh, sorry, Ambidaeus, two points. Good movie. I still think it's rewatchable. Uh, Knives Out, three. Um, Home Alone, four. Scream, five. And Hot Fuzz, six. So, hey, there you go, Max. Uh, can you sum those real quick for me together? Can you? Uh, was... So, for you, that is three, eight, twelve. Max, that is six, seven, nine. <laughs> You're closing the gaps there, Max. F- you. <laughs> <laughs> As my last hurrah, before I leave the ship, I give Dumb and Dumber a score of one, Back to the Future a score of two, Home Alone a score of three, Scott Pilgrim a score of four, Knives Out a score of five, and Scream a score of six. All right, you want to give me the the total? Uh, That's Kyle 14, Kenny 7. All right, my movies may have saved me. Oh, I will have to recheck the math, but I think I'm the captain, fellas, at 45 to 43. It's been a pleasure serving with you. (laughs) (laughs) I thought my games were going to cost me. TI4 saved you hard. Yeah. TI4 got you 12 points alone. Max uh, hated on my movies at the end, but to be fair, I hated on his movies, so there you go. What's new? Home Alone got a lower score than I expected. Should have been much higher. Honestly... I don't want to be alive anymore. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll send you in your games and movies. All right, my you don't even want to keep correct. mine? <laughs> I'll take your games. <laughs> I'll you just like, get out of here. Go on. <laughs> the space can have The final them. score was Kyle 45, Kenny 43, Max 38. We did mention that the Discord has a chance to save me. If they want, you know what? I don't even want to give them this option because if they don't, I might just quit. I'd almost you might quit what the show. Just <laughs> it'll just be you two from now on. Jash and Doolin have already quit, and then I quit. It's just you two. Now, see, as much as I love Kenny. It will just be us being like, hey, this is a good game and this is a good movie. Yeah, that is a good game and that is a good movie. We need you. We need you, Max. For the content. <laughs> for, the, for the content. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. That feels so good to know <laughs> that my friends need me so they can make fun of me. <laughs> that is my purpose here. That is why I exist on this world. Oh, man. It's to get shit on for for my views 
about games and movies. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Board Game Box Office. Uh, this is not your captain speaking. I hope you return for next episode. I don't know if I will be. It depends on if the Discord of the International Space Station comes and saves me in my games and movies. But it's been a pleasure serving with you, gentlemen. Let's get out of here. <laughs>